thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of our C-Fam. Thank you for your support of this church, through your prayers and your finances as well. We so appreciate uh, having you a part of our family. And summer is fun. How many know summer can be fun? And uh, it's going to be fun today to get a hot dog in church, all right? Who said church is boring? Uh, it is not. If it's boring, you're doing it wrong uh, because uh, we've got hot dogs and chips and everything. And the proceeds of the donations go to missions. Last year, our teenagers outgave any other year they've ever given toward missions. Make some noise, somebody. And uh, this year, you could help them go over the top. Uh, they, they could even exceed what they gave last year because of your generosity today and helping them. And who doesn't love a hot dog, right? I mean, uh, if you're American, you got to love hot dogs. All right. Take your Bible in hand and uh, turn to two different passages in the book of John. John chapter 13 and uh, then also John chapter 1. Uh, John is one of the four writers of the gospel of Jesus, the good news of Jesus. Four different people are in the Bible that wrote about the life of Jesus, each one of them from a different perspective. So when you read them, it, it reads kind of like how somebody would blog about Jesus or they would write about Jesus from their perspective. And each of these four do so in a different fashion, a different way, so you may find that one style fits better for you in reading through them, but I would encourage you, if you've never read through the four Gospels, the four accounts of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, to do so and to allow God to just show you and reveal to you the life of Jesus. Today, we're going to look at how Jesus lived. John 13, 35. Let's read it together. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Okay, how are people going to know in America that you are a Christian? And I'd be careful using that word these days. Okay? Because a lot of people have a lot of different interpretations about the word Christian. And it can mean a lot of different things. So Jesus didn't use the word Christian. He used disciples. He said, you're, if you're my disciples, if you, and, and here's what he said, if you what? Go to church? If you wear a Christian t-shirt? If you wear a nice cross around your neck? No. Here's how he said they're going to know you're my follower is if you love one another. Love one another. Now, how did Jesus love? Because we need to define this. We're going to look at this today. How did he love? Well, he loved in a very confusing way. A very confusing way because there would be times when he would get so upset, he'd clean house. He'd get so upset. You know who would upset Jesus, it seems like, more than anybody else, are religious people. 
Anybody else get upset about religious people? Have you ever met some of those? And, and, and they would upset Jesus. He, he, it seems like he would get angry about them. And then he'd get around scoundrels. Anybody ever met any of those? And, and, and he'd get around some scoundrels. And it was kind of like he went easy on them. You ever read that? I'm telling you, read the Bible. Matthew, Matthew was a tax collector who fit in a separate category. He couldn't even fit in with sinners. Jewish people said they're sinners and then there's tax collectors. Right? There's adulterers and all, they all fit over here in, in the sinner category, but tax collectors. They got a category all by themselves. And one day Jesus said, Matthew, come and be a disciple. And I'm sure that flipped everybody out. Don't you? I'm sure Peter had a fit. You know, I, I mean, like, you have ruined our group. <laughs> and, and, and Jesus is kind of like, hold on, it's going to get worse. You haven't seen anything yet. We got some women we're going to talk to. You just wouldn't believe, all right? I'm going to hang around some people. As a matter of fact, we're going to this guy's house for lunch today. And we're going to let him invite all of his tax collector friends and just fill the house up with them. To which I'm sure that the religious people had a fit over it. So there's a tension. And I want to talk today about the tension that exists in the love the way Jesus loved. I believe, hear me, American church, that we need to love our nation, we need to love our fellow citizens the way Jesus loved. And I think if we'd be better at this, we'd have a bigger impact, all right, like Jesus did. All right, have you found John 1? It's just a few pages over. All right, here's what, how John starts out. He, he leaves out camels. He leaves out wise men. He leaves out mangers. All of that. Are, and, and, you know, John lived there longer than probably any other disciple, it's estimated, and so maybe he thought all that's covered. You know, they, they got all that. The other guy's got that covered. I'm just going to talk about who I walked with. Who I put my, whose bosom, who, whose chest I laid my head on. Right? I, I want to talk about him. And here's how he referred to Jesus. The word became flesh. And made his dwelling among us. And we have seen. Now you haven't seen. But John says, no, I, I saw him. I, I saw him for three years plus of my life. I was with him. And I saw his glory. The glory of the one and only son. Who came from the father. What? 
And here's where we're going to focus on today. You ready? Say this with me. Full of grace and truth. Right? Full of grace and truth. So here's what I want to talk to you about this morning. I want to talk to you about grace and truth full. Okay? Because Jesus was full of both. How many know some people who are full of something? But Jesus, Jesus was full of grace and truth. And when God wanted to demonstrate his love, apologies to Ed Sharon, he didn't send a photograph, okay? He, he, didn't, he, didn't put, he didn't say, I want to give you a photograph, you can put it in your pocket. Uh, no, he didn't send a photograph, he sent a person. He sent a person, he sent Jesus. And so often, Christians are not full of grace and truth. And here's our problem. In our nation, uh, we've been known as a Christian nation. Have you ever heard that? How many have heard that? Yeah? Okay, uh, so we, we've heard things like that. A, a Christian nation. But, and we have songs. Uh, God shed his grace on thee. Anybody remember that? I'm old enough to remember that one. Um, his truth is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. I don't have to sing it, right? <laughs> Anybody remember, remember patriotic songs? And, and they talked about grace and truth. But listen, we got to do more than sing about it. We, we've got to live it. And many Americans today identify as post-Christians. As a matter of fact, I shared this with our team last week, our staff. Uh, this is a Barna research. And they uh, analyze people. They, they take polls and analyze people in public opinion. And here's what they said. This was so disturbing to me. And uh, it, it, it just fueled all the more what I want to talk to you about. They found that half of non-Christian Americans don't trust local pastors. All right? I didn't say politicians. I said pastors. Thankfully, I think politicians score less, all right? So that's the good news. Since I'm a pastor, right? But here's one even more disturbing. Is only 21% of non-Christian people have a positive perception of the local church. 21%. In other words, about 80% say, you know, I can do without that. The church is irrelevant. The church doesn't matter. And I think what's happened in our nation, I, I've watched it, where faith seems to have gone from something positive 
to something many people see as a threat to our country. That the word Christian can be loaded with negativity. That, that people are like, ooh, that's disgusting. You, you are one of those. Wow. And, and in a culture that is so divided, I believe we need a united church. I, I believe we need to be more united than ever before. And no matter what our politics are, and no matter who holds office, if your person got in there or your person didn't, let me tell you something. The message of Jesus never changes. It never changes. And we're called to love, what? With grace and truth, regardless of what's going on. Let me, let me read the next few verses. Uh, skip on down to verse 16 of John chapter 1. Here's what John goes on to say. He says, out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. And, and so what John is saying is, like, we've received grace and grace and more grace. How many are thankful for the grace and grace and more grace of God. And, and that's what God does. He's just full of grace. For the law, okay, the law was given through Moses. And notice, he says it was given through Moses, but grace and what? Truth, again, came. It, it wasn't given. It came down on the planet, all right? It didn't just come through a person. It came, came it, it didn't just get delivered into a person and say, Here, here's these two tablets, go take them and show them off to somebody. It, it came through a person, a literal person that you can see, you can touch, you can hold, you can shake his hand. He says it came through Jesus Christ, and so Jesus is full of grace and truth and he intended for his church, which is the representation of Jesus on the earth today. Everybody know that? Some of you don't? Okay, let me just back up. All right, the church is to be the representation of Jesus on the earth. So that when people come into the office and you are a Christ follower, they say, oh, that must be how Jesus acts. That must be how Jesus works. That must be how he does. Because this person is a Christ follower. And, and so the Greek word that's used there is play race. And, and what it means is filled to the brim, thoroughly full. All right, like, like you can't get any more in there. I mean, we're here last week. Last week, we talked about the Holy Spirit coming into you until he's overflowing in you. 
Okay, if you weren't here, watch it. If you, if you didn't see it last week, go back, watch it this week. But, but we talked about the Holy Spirit. Today we're talking about being filled with grace and truth. And Jesus, you couldn't get any more in. And he was 100%. It wasn't 50% truth and 50% grace. He was 100% both at the same time. And this is what messed with people. This is what messed people up. And and this is why I think in in our culture, we get messed up is because Christians aren't full of both grace and truth. As a matter of fact, all right, I think maybe you've met some people who lean one way or the other. Anybody ever go to the all-grace church? Or, or you know the all grace people, and, and it's like, oh, you're okay. I, I'm okay. You're okay. We're all okay. It doesn't make any difference what you've done and whatever. God is love, and it's all good, and it's all going to come up roses tomorrow. Okay? And then you've got people who are the truth people, who are the like, mm. I'm going to tell it like it is. And, and that's just how I do. I'm just going to tell it like it is. And they usually use at least one finger. And, and they're, they're usually pointing and saying, you know, how you need to straighten up and whatever. And you were bad this week and whatever and, and all this. And, and some of us think, well, you got, you know, well, I was taught when you point that finger, you got four coming back at you. So, where should we land on this? You know, should should we be over here and and be grace-filled people that just, you know, it's okay, it's all okay? Or should we be over here? And some of you had a parent, maybe you had two parents, and one was the grace parent, one was the truth parent. Anybody have that? Who did you want to find out you messed up? The grace parent, right? You're like, oh my goodness. Uh, please don't tell the other one. All right, so, so the problem with, here, here's the problem with truth, okay? The problem is truth without grace leads to rebellion. See, if you're just all about the rules and the regulations and you're strict and, oh, you were one minute past curfew and, and you, oh, you, you, know, you looked at the cookie, you didn't eat it, but you looked at it too long or whatever, you know, you're just going to raise rebellious kids. How many know that? You know, rules without relationship. But grace without truth It leads to relativism. In other words, and this is where many of our culture are today, is there's no absolute truth. You know, I have truth, and it's my truth. And then you can have your truth. But how many know that doesn't work at the bank? You know? If I say, well, you know, I'm going to deposit $100, and they look at me and say, well, no, this is $50. And I said, no, I identify that this 
is $100. That's not going to work, right? And you know why? Because they're going to say no, because there's math involved. There's truth involved. Hello? And so what happens is, is when we, what happens is we say, well, you know, if there's truth and if it's God's truth, then I'm going to have to live like he wants me to live. Hmm. Don't want that. And so I'm just going to act like there's no truth. And as long as you're not hurting anybody, then it doesn't make any difference what you do. But here's what Jesus said. No, no, you, you, you got you to gotta have both. You got to have grace and truth, not just one or the other. You got to have them both. And, and we're called to live with grace and truth. And here's what grace does. Grace saves. You can't get saved without grace. But truth will set you free. So you need both in your life. What is grace? The word is charis in the original, and here's what it means. It's the undeserved kindness, favor, and goodwill of God. Someone said that grace is God's riches at Christ's expense, if you want an acrostic. And so God's grace given to us, his undeserved, and I'm telling you it's undeserved. You you can't earn it. You can't deserve it. Here's how Paul put it in Ephesians chapter 2. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So grace has to operate in your life for you to get saved. And it's interesting that when John chose to write this down, I believe under the empowerment and unction and leadership of the Holy Spirit, he put grace first. Grace and truth. And I think it's important to lead with grace. I believe Jesus led with grace. Now, who needs grace? The wife or the mom who is incredibly jealous of her friends, who compares herself on social media to everybody else and considers herself a failure as a result. The businessman who is so greedy that he forfeits relationship with his family in order to get more and more and more, never getting enough. The woman who refuses to forgive her mother for what she did and how overbearing she is in her life and she just isn't gonna let it go. The selfish college student who is all out for themselves, who says, you know, I, I'm going to party. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to express myself in whatever fashion, in whatever way I want to express myself today, and I may take a whole different turn tomorrow because it's all about me. 
Who else needs grace? The hyper-religious guy who looks down upon his nose at everybody else and considers himself better than everyone else. All of us need grace. We all need grace. And sometimes the church gets it wrong, all right? And and if you've been hurt in church, I get it, all right? But, But let's just take a few moments and put all that aside, and let's just look how this can operate because I believe that, that God wants us to have both grace and truth. Truth, now, if we lean over that way, it, it says, well, you got to behave first. Let's see if you're serious. Let's see if you're really in this. And, and I know... In my church growing up, I kind of felt some of that and, and, and some of the, you know, you, you, gotta, you don't drink, you don't chew, and you don't go with girls who do. <laughs> and it, it, we kind of had our list, you know, and our list was different than the church down the street, you know, and, and some didn't even have a list. Oh, they're really bad. They don't even have a list over there. At least we got a list. Hello? Anybody grow up like that? And, and so what happens is, 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 is kind of like, now after you behave, now you can be one of us. But you better get your behavior in check. Because you got to behave and believe. And almost behave before belief. It, it almost wasn't possible to belong. But, but, but you have to behave, or otherwise you're not going to belong around here. I, I was listening to a guy talk this week. We were chatting, and uh, he was telling me that he went to a church, and he went in his jeans and his tennis shoes, and this was a fundamentalist kind of church, mainstream uh, denomination. If I named it, some of you would identify with it. You've probably been a part of it before. A very large group of people. And uh, he went into the church and they said, okay, well, now next week, if you come back, uh, you, you can't be wearing that. So you need to wear something else. So that week, he went out and bought new shoes so he could come back. Bought some uh, boat shoes for next week. And uh, he wore those, and he wore some pants that he had, so they weren't jeans. And he came to church, and the same dude stopped him and said, let me, let me see that. And he said, uh, why don't you have socks on? You don't have socks on? You, you, if you don't have socks on, you can't come to this church. And he said... Jesus didn't wear socks. (laughs) And the guy said, and you can leave. Now, thankfully, that guy comes to Crossroads Church, you know. Still comes to church. Because for some of us, that that would not do us in, right? And, And here's the thing is, 
is grace, here's what grace does. It makes a safe place for people to come until they believe. Because here's what we can do. We can trust the Holy Spirit to work. In other words, cleaning people up ain't your job, honey. All right? That, that, ain't, that ain't your job. God sent a better person to do the work. And his name, we learned it last week. Let's go ahead and say who he is again. He's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit works in people. So, so Craig, are you saying they can all come with all their mess? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Are, are you saying that they can just keep on acting in their mess? And, and living like they're living, doing like they're doing, and smiling doing it. Can they, can they do that? Let, let's read what the Bible says about that. Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? In other words, am I going to just keep up my sinning to show that, well, God forgave me again this week. I'm good for another week. And he says, no, by no means. We are those. Here's, here's, here's God's goal for you. When you become a faith follower, a Jesus follower, or however you want to call that, all right, is, is that you will, what, what does he say? Die. To sin. See, and, and dead people don't sin, right? So how can we live in it any longer? And, and so here's, here's what truth does. Truth helps you to confront those things in your life, but grace gives you the ability to work it through. And so truth isn't restrictive and repressive. Some of you watching online today, you think, oh, you know, when you start talking about, you know, having to do this and whatever that is so restrictive and, you know, I'm free, I should be able to express myself and however, let, let me tell you something, you've got a wrong perspective on this because if I said that traffic light, that confines me. I don't like that. I, I don't have to slow down and Break my speed, and that's hard on my brakes. It's hard. I'm using more gas. I'm hard on the uh, on the ecological system. You know, I, 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 the ecosystem. I, I, I gotta I gotta be careful about you know exhaust and everything. So I'm I'm not gonna stop there anymore. Doesn't matter what color it is. Can I do that? What happens when I do that? I endanger myself. And I endanger other people. So when God says, hey, 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 when you get married, don't commit adultery. Because here's what's going to happen. It's not I'm trying to poo-poo on your party, you know, and, and you, you're, you're drawn to this person at the office. And, you know, hey, two humans in a small space and whatever, you know, stuff happens and all. I'm not, I'm not trying to hold anything back. Here's what I'm trying to do. 
you're gonna mess yourself up. You're gonna mess you up, potentially this person. You're gonna mess up your spouse. And if you got kids, you're gonna mess them all up. And, and then it's gonna cost you in ways you can't even believe. And so I'm just trying to help you. I'm just trying to help you out. And in the Garden of Eden, God didn't say, now don't eat of that tree because that's the best one. It tastes the best. And I'm holding out on you. No, who said that? The devil. The devil said, God's holding out on you. You, you want this one. And God says, no, 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 no. That one, that one, that one, you, you hold off on that one because I said so. And how many had parents that just said so? Just, you see, I said so. Because you're a knothead right now, all right? <laughs> your brain doesn't fully develop as a human being, scientifically speaking, till you're about 25 years of age. And so, therefore, since you are 13, you are way far away from brain development to the full. <laughs> so I'm going to help you and just say No. Truth isn't just rules and morals, though. John says this, it's a person. It's a person. It's not just a what, it's who. Let's move on real quick. John, John chapter 8, verse 32 says, then you will know the truth, and the truth will do what? It'll set you free. Again, grace saves, but truth frees. The Bible says Envy rots the bones. So God says, be content with what you've got because if you don't, envy will rot the bones. He's not trying to hold you back. He says the love of money is the root of all evil. It's not money. It's, it's the greed. It's the, it's the love of it that hurts you. And then he says, forgive as I have forgiven, because if you don't forgive, your heavenly Father won't forgive you. And what he knew is, is there's a root of bitterness that Hebrews talks about that can develop in us, and it can cause all kinds of rottenness in our soul. The Bible talks about pride comes before fall, so don't go in there proud. Jesus said, don't sit at the head of the table. You'll be embarrassed when they have to move you later. So be humble. Grace, truth, and Jesus showed the full measure of both. And, and I could go into a lot of different directions here. I could talk about the Samaritan woman who was at the well, who Jesus talked to. He shouldn't have been talking to her according to traditions and things like that, but he didn't follow tradition. He followed people, and, and he gave her grace and truth. I, I could talk about that. I could talk about how on the cross, Jesus had two criminals on each side that were deserving of death. These were not people who just kind of picked up things on their way out, you know, like an extra pack of chewing gum or whatever stuck in their pocket when they were on their way out of mire. That wasn't what it was. These guys were such bad dudes, they deserved to die. That's how bad they were. And one of them had the audacity to call out to Jesus on the cross to be forgiven. Oh, yeah, you want in now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
But you've been up partying it up. You've been doing all you've been doing and all. Now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now you want to get in. And did Jesus say, sorry, dude, day late. Can't get baptized, can't take communion, can't join the church, can't wear the right clothes, can't read the Bible. Can't. No, no, he said this day. Somebody say this day. Type it in the chat. This day you will be with me in my Father's kingdom in paradise. See, this day. Now, but I, I'm going to talk about another lady. Another lady who was brought to Jesus. Jesus is preaching a sermon, and they interrupt his sermon. Can you imagine that? Brought this woman in while he's teaching and preaching and sharing the Bible with people, teaching them spiritual truths, and they throw a woman down at his feet. Maybe only wrapped up in a sheet. And the religious people said, we caught her in the act of adultery and she should be stoned isn't that what the truth says the truth says she dies today what do you say and so here's what they're doing they're doing this what kind of church are you are you, are you the truth church or are you the grace church which one and Jesus is so smart. He's so intelligent. He, he once again makes them look like idiots, okay? Once again, Jesus. But, but he does it in such a unique way. It, it's so crazy. He bends down starts doodling in the dirt. To which I'm sure they're really irritated because it's like he's ignoring them. Do you know who we are? Do you know what we just said? Do you know what she's guilty of? Come on, Jesus, get in on it. Did you hear us? And Jesus gets up after he's doodling in the, in the dirt for a moment, and he says, okay, let he who's without sin throw the first stone. In other words, truth, right? He didn't say Oh, she's okay. Oh, it's all right. How many times have you caught her? Is this her first? You know, he, he didn't say any of that. He says, okay, okay. And let him, who's without sin, throw the first one. And then he bends down and he's doodling again. And the Bible says, one by one, they drop the rocks and start backing up and they all leave. And Jesus looks up and he meets eyes with this woman and he says, woman, where are your accusers? And she says, well, they all left. And he says, grace, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. A perfect mix of grace and truth. Right? Perfect mixture of grace and truth. And I, I don't know what
doodling in the sand. I heard one guy one time say he was, he was writing down their name and then next to it, he was writing down their girlfriend's name. Who they were cheating with. I, I don't know, or maybe their sin or whatever, pride or whatever. I, I don't know what he wrote. Thankfully, it's not recorded. So we, we just don't even know what he said. But what he did, what he did is recorded. And Jesus just had a habit of comforting sinners, of loving the outcast, of touching lepers that he wasn't supposed to touch, and befriending prostitutes, and giving sinners grace, and saying, I don't condemn you either. And I just think, if you're watching online or you're here today and somehow, someway, you decided, I'll try it one more time. And you're kind of like that guy that said, I don't know, if they say something about my clothes or whatever, I'm out of there. Here, here's the thing, is if you see Jesus as who he really is, I think you'll want to follow him. I think you'll want to follow him. I, I think you'll want what he offers because listen, he offers what no other power can offer. Let me just mention a couple of things. I, I saw where 80 per, 81% of the under 30 feel anxious, depressed, or hopeless at least one day a week. That bothers me. Approximately 35% of black respondents of a Harvard study and 31% of Hispanic responders said they experienced bouts of severe depression, triggering thoughts that they would be better off dead or hurting themselves on a regular basis. That bothers me. Because here's the thing. What we're doing as a culture and as a society, let's just admit it today. Here's the truth. It ain't working. It ain't working. It, it's not fixing it. I believe Jesus is the only one that can fix it. And here's what I want to say, too. I, I know you don't trust preachers and all. I get that. I, I totally get that. But don't follow me. Don't ever follow a person. See, this is where some of us trip up because we follow a person. And then the person messes up. And then we think that God messed up. No, God didn't mess up. The person messed up. See, Jesus, if you follow Jesus, John says, I'm telling you, I saw him. I beheld his glory. There's no one like him. Peter was a, I'll talk about him in a few, in a little bit. I got plenty to say about Peter. Some of the other guys. But Jesus, Jesus got it right. And I want to tell you today, if we'll just follow Jesus' church, if the American church would just get back to following Jesus, we 
would change our nation. We would change our nation. Come on, pray with me. Heavenly Father, we, we, we often get this wrong because we're fallible. And, and we get imbalanced and all of that. But God, help us today to be more like you. Maybe you're here this morning or you're watching online. You'd say, Craig, I, I, I need to get better at this. At work, at school, at home, with my family. I need to be full of grace and truth. And I know... Sometimes I lean too far one way or the other. But, but I want God, through the help of his Holy Spirit today, to help me to reach my family, to reach my friends, to make an impact on this nation by being more and more and more like Jesus. How many of you, that's your prayer, to be more like Jesus? Would you just raise a hand? Yeah, online, just stretch your hand toward the screen. Heavenly Father, as a church, we pray that we would be more like Jesus, that we would be full of grace and truth. And so God, help us today to, to align ourselves with how you would do, to be how you would be, and, and to live our lives in such a way that, that we're not condoning things, we're not condoning behavior, but we're not condemning it either. And God, help us to always lead with grace like you led us with your grace that drew us unto you. Maybe today the grace of God is drawing you to Jesus. The goodness of God that leads us to repentance. The Bible says, and that just means turning around, turning toward God. And, and here's the truth, all right? You want to know the truth? Here, here's the absolute raw truth. You don't measure up. On your best day, you don't measure up to a perfect God. No way. But the good news is God's grace allows you to accept His payment for your sin, not your payment. You don't have to pay for it. It's already paid for you. That's why Jesus died on the cross, to pay for sin. If he didn't have to do that, he wouldn't have done it. But he needed to. It, your, your sin, my sin was so extreme, somebody had to die for it. And thank God, he did it. And so today, if you want to accept God's sacrifice for sin through Jesus into your life, here's what you do. You just say, God, I need your grace and mercy. So if that's you today, just raise your hand if you're here and you need God's grace and mercy in your life. If you're online, just raise your hand or put it toward the screen or type in the chat. I'm, I'm coming to Jesus. and Pray this prayer with me right now. Everybody pray it so nobody will hold back. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me, to pay for my sin. Today, I accept his sacrifice as payment for all my sin. Thank you, God, that now today I am forgiven, I am washed, I am clean, 
I have a new beginning from this point on as much as I know how I'm surrendering my life to you in Jesus name amen come on let's welcome those who prayed that prayer uh, it's awesome it's awesome thank you church for being so generous in your grace and your mercy toward others this week I pray that God's going to use you to touch someone's life our nation needs genuine Christ followers okay genuine Christ followers so so I know we all get sideways and we spend too much time on Instagram and different things and we get over here and over there and whatever and, and all that just maybe this week just just get off of that and read Matthew Mark Luke and John just pick one of them and, and see how Jesus treated people see how Jesus lived and I think if we all live more like Jesus, hey, there's no limit to what God can do through His church. You may believe that. You believe that? All right, let's stand together. Before you go out there and get your hot dog and whatever, uh, let, let's pray. And let me just pray a blessing over you. Father, use us. Use us this week to do more than just wave a flag or sing some patriotic tunes or shoot off some fireworks or whatever. God, there's nothing wrong with all that, but our nation needs more than sparkler. We need more than just some flag waving. We need you. So we ask that we would be a good representation of you this week. That people would be drawn to you because of us. And they would see grace and truth lived out in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for being here.